is the Toddcast, a podcast that I, a guy named Todd, record while I drive to or from work, talking about a variety of things. There are no scripts, no show notes, just me chatting while I commute, so you can sit back and enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. Um, I've got Eric online with me once again. Um, quick... Uh, Quick preface to everyone, an apology. I'm still working against uh, a slight bit of a head cold, so uh, I'm going to try and keep all the, the sniffling and hacking and wheezing and whatnot to a minimum um, and or mute and or edit those things out. But, you know, some might slip through, and so I'll just pre-apologize for that. Eric, how are you doing? I was doing good. I was just going to tell you, like, you might keep that to a minimum, but that doesn't stop me from, from sniffling and or coughing and uh, not using a mute button, so... Good luck editing well, all that out. That's on you, my friend. And and now everyone knows who to blame. So you know, you either go. way, I'm off the hook. So well, I guess so that. But besides besides all that, I'm I'm doing well. Just well, good. Early in the morning, crushing ice. That's 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 what you got to do. Wake up in the morning, crush some ice. That's that's the job, right? Absolutely. So so uh, I was thinking today we could uh, we could talk about music. Um, okay, hold on. <laughs> right off the get-go, right off the I get-go. make a joke. Right off the get-go, I make a joke, and then I take a drink, and it goes down the wrong pipe. Oh, I figured Let's, it was uh, just, just crushed ice, uh, you know, dust getting all up in your system there. Probably is. I mean, I put some crushed ice in the coffee. Well, <sighs> we're back. Uh, all right, my eyes are watering. Uh, Good deal. I apologize. Apologies. All right. It'll all clear up. Good. Good, good. So, um, anyway, um, music was, was the, uh, the, um, what do you, what do you want to do, Eric? What, what, what do you want to say about that? Or are you still not breathing proper? No, I think I'm good now. How do I sound? Okay. You sound fine. You sound good. Okay. Perfect. Music, the topic of music. I, um, you and I, that is probably, if there was an intersection of things you and I both equally enjoy, I would say music might be square, close to the middle, with Star Wars being a contender. Yep. So, that's fair. Um, I think you and I enjoy different music, but we, I think, enjoy similar genres. And or I think some of the nerdy aspects of what we enjoy about our music uh, also brings this topic of conversation up frequent during, you know, when we get together or um, it's definitely been conversation points that we've alienated ourselves into a side of a room where you and I just talk about things and uh, the, uh, the rest of the family or our party say, yeah, let them go nerd out. So right. you and I both... Uh, enjoy i think the uh which would be like the metadata sections of music the classification of music and i enjoy like ranking or best ofs or you know making uh lists of who i enjoy and comparing and just in general taking my like for certain music to the next level and just completely making it nerdy. If that makes any sense, which might make sense to you, but probably not to many others. 
Well, and so and so one of the one of the reasons I wanted to get into this with you is you, you actually have an ongoing uh, project in regards to music. You, you've developed a whole website to to support it and have uh, studied uh, higher levels of math to uh, facilitate <laughs> your 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 obsession there. Um, and I'll 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 try and summarize, and you can hop in and tell me where I'm, you know, way the heck off base, and or you know how things have shifted. But uh, back in I want to say it was like the the early 2000s, you had uh, put together um, like a, a a CD ROM of MP3s of like your your top 100. Was it songs or artists? It was Back artists. Yes. Okay. It was artists. But with that, you can't you can't just play an artist. You had to pick the best song from that artist. So right. it was 100, 169 fit on the actual, I guess it would be an MP3 disc that would play in my vehicle. Right. Right. Um, and I remember this was one of the first. I remember when, when what we're about to talk about all started. I remember you and I sitting on i think i want to say it was on crystal's front porch talking about music and our music collections and when we started talking about you know getting all dorky on metadata and and rankings and all that stuff and i remember you telling me you know you had this you know 169 top artists their top songs you had them all ranked and how you were interested in you know going back and seeing you know how that how those rankings um and so we started talking about ways by which to do that. And I think that's when you and I started talking about iTunes and all the, the nifty stuff you can do there. Um, and that evolved into what is now, you know, a, a pretty, pretty sweet website, if I do say so myself, um, with a lot of really thoughtful research um, and, and clever, clever backstories going on. So what, what, what can you tell us about that evolution? Well, I do recall that exact conversation, and um, I think – so I was probably going through all my old, like, drawers of junk and bins that are in my crawl space, and I did discover that CD along with, like, every other mix CD I made from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. So, I mean, I think that spurred the conversation uh, in which, you know, I went through, and this was, it was 2007, I think, was the actual, like, date when I ripped all the MP3s back to my computer to see like what's going on with this. And then I probably made okay. a playlist and yeah. So the, and then you talked more about like how to make smart playlists and, or how you can utilize that data to kind of export it into Excel. And, and I'm, you know, then of course it wasn't just, you know, I was going to manually do it, like make a manual list. Like I did in 2007, which is here's all the song. Here's all the groups that I know of. Out of those, what is my natural feeling towards, do I like them, and then rank them, and then pick the favorite song of that group. So when you kind of gave and opened up my world to like, oh, I can have a lot of this stuff automated, like, and create algorithms and formulas that takes away some of the natural feeling of, you know, just because I say I think this is my favorite band, is that true? And right through various discussions with you and I, and a couple other nerd friends that I have, like I would brainstorm. I'm like, Hey, what do you think? Like, and at the core, you kind of have to go with songs and like, there's a ranking system, a rating system on your iPhone. 
that right. you can rate a song from a, a one star to a five star. Well, if you listen to every single song and you rate those songs accordingly to how you feel about them, which is subjective and always will be, you know, you can then calculate that kind of data, mix it with other aspects, you know, because there are a lot of things that you could talk about, like how long, you know, play count, how often you played it, how many times did you skip it? You know, you can add, you know, different tags and or categories and so forth and really kind of formulate whatever you want uh, that that song or that individual piece of like data record to be, then you could use that information and put it in Excel or some other type of document and come up with a formula. Essentially that takes away a lot of your feelings and actually talks about real data. And the algorithm itself is what I had to create to figure out, all right, let's see what math says. Who's my favorite group, you know, without right. me just naturally saying, boom, I love the Beatles. Right. Now, the goal was, though, like, just because, like, my brain says that I like something. So creating the algorithm and the formula was kind of difficult and went through really a decent amount of, you know, iterations just to try to get it to sync up. Because you're not going to tell me that the Beatles aren't my favorite band, you know, like, I, so, right. so there, you, they, it had to line up. Like, I can be surprised and shocked by several, but if you told me the Beatles ranked 120, and, you know, we'll just say Jim Croce is number one. I'm probably going to question that unless of all right. of a sudden I, I like everything Jim Croce and found out that he's the greatest of all time. So 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 that was kind of coming up with an algorithm that also kind of mixed, matched where my brain was most of the time. And then I think once you kind of filtered that and made it kind of standard or um, – you know, standard deviation, then everything else should fall into place. And finally, that is where I'm at, um, in which uh, really unknown fact probably to you is that this website, besides the fact like I'm not trying to get a million people to go and find it and so forth, it's like a subpage of my ericursey.com website. It right. is actually was a sandbox or a playground for utilizing the new features of WordPress 5.0, which came out earlier in the year. And I'm like, well, you know, let's, Let's let's give it a try. And there's no better way to try than to, you know, create a bunch of content and see how it works. So that is why there is an actual website, not just an Excel spreadsheet on my computer, which is uh, fun for me to try new, you know, new web techniques or web, um, you know, plugins and so forth. So, oh, yeah. So that that oh, well. essentially is is the the course of uh, the very nerdy aspect of what I call ranking or ranked which is the website in which I do all this jazz. Right. So, and like, I know from, from when we, we first started, you know, talking about this and, you know, from, from what I do, and like I said, you, you definitely take things to sort of the next level there. But like, I, you know, I'm, we're, we're both sort of in the, the, um, the Apple environment, as far as our music is concerned, you know, we both have yeah. iPhones, so it makes sense for us to keep all, all of our music in in iTunes and do that sort of a thing. I mean, I don't know, I don't know about you, um, and how much like streaming, like Spotify or Pandora or whatever you do. I am, you know, a grumpy old school kind of guy, and I just listen to everything through actual iTunes, like. <laughs> I, I, I like to own all my music kind of a thing. Like every now and again, I'll dip my toe into like, you know, Google play just for 
shits and giggles or whatever. But, um, you know, so I know, like I said, like you said, I started going in and like ranking all of my songs. And, you know, as of this moment, I think there may be a dozen songs in my collection that don't have a ranking of some, some form in there, you know, rated from one to five stars. And I know that's, that's sort of, sort of the main basis of it. Um, you know, I kind of pay some small attention to play counts and skip counts, you know, when I'm, and for me, it's not necessarily like, I don't have a ranking of, you know, actually putting everybody in order per se. Like I, I use it mainly just for smart playlists, like, Oh, play me the best songs from, you know, this particular time period or, you know, what, what have you. But what what all what all pieces of data go into your your algorithm? Well, the algorithm was pretty sophisticated at first, and here are some of the thoughts that I originally had, and maybe in later versions might be tweaked. Where something a song, uh, you know, that gets skipped frequently that might have a higher rating. I feel at cert- at some point in time, if you look at a skip count compared to a play count. You should be right. docked ratings because even if I think this song is good, it is a song I don't want to hear frequently enough. So it should be docked, you know, right. um, but it has to also kind of correlate with other aspects. You can't just say just because I skipped this song a lot is a bad song or I never, you know, like I said, we talked yesterday briefly about how there are certain artists like, for instance, Weird Al. If his, one of his songs comes up in a playlist, sometimes it just doesn't fit your mood or time. So right. although I like his polkas, sometimes it just doesn't work. So I skip it. So does, you know, so I essentially, I remove that as an aspect. I also remove play count because I uh, kind of share the computer and the syncing with my wife who listened to like Hamilton the, uh, the, a million times. So right. by showcasing play count, then of course, my favorite groups of all time are Hamilton and the Frozen soundtrack. It just like doesn't right. work. So right. at its core, I created several different like, uh, you know, I take the ranking um, and kind of evaluate from one to, you know, the five. And you calculate all those totals. You compare it against, um, you know, how many songs there are. Uh, because that was the big one, is a matter of weight. Um, and I guess through, I should mention, there's a lot of trial and error before the actual website formula came up. I, 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 I was doing this for a while. And just using it on a spreadsheet. And then you start seeing some weird trends when you get to certain artists. Where Elton John, for instance, who I think is a very talented and has produced tons of great work. And deserves top praise in, in some aspect. Whether it be top 20, top 10, whatever, you know, your right. cup of tea. He was being hammered because his longevity, you know, uh, was killing him in, in the equation. He put out so many albums, and of course, some of the later stuff were pretty lackluster. He would have a very bad rating because he was murdered by later stuff. And I felt, well, that's not really fair, because when you think of an artist and you think of how good they are, you really think of their greatest hits compilation, you know? Right. So, of course, I had to shift weight to, um, all right, five stars being more than, uh, you know, one star or two star uh, hurt you. So... So are you from, I, I know you are, but for the listeners, the MPS formula, the net promoter score, which yes. essentially is used in a lot of retail locations. And that's where I first found out about this. 
it's really a, a score that is almost a satisfaction rating, meaning you would recommend, you wouldn't recommend, um, you're indifferent. And a lot of times it's either like a scale of 10. In this case, it has to be a scale of five, which right. I've altered slightly, which means if you love a song, it gets a point. If you hate the song, it gets a negative point. If you're in the between, it gets nothing. So a lot of songs that are like, eh, you know, hit or miss, you just don't get credit for it. And if right. you think about it, out of a possible, if you have 10 songs and all 10 are fives, then that's a perfect score. If all, if five of those are 10 or, you know, five stars and then five are indifferent, I believe in the quick math, it's, a, it's around a 50%. Um, right. And then when you start getting in the negatives, it, let's say you have like two negatives. Well, then those two negatives take away from the five, and now you're like at a 33 or, or lower percentage, which, right. by the way, I'm not using a calculator, and I'm not calculating this in my brain. But in, in years past, I would have been able to do that when I worked retail, and that was my job. But right. essentially, I use the net promoter score you know, formula for the way I rank, and that is probably the core with a couple little tweaks in the back end to make sure there's you know, weighted differently, but – in, in the nerdiest aspects, that's kind of how it goes. And what you'll see is there's a strong weight on fives and fours because a four, I believe I get like a half a point, which is not true to the formula, but like you get credit for something, but it's not right. the greatest, you know. So, you know, and it is a custom formula for me. I don't think it would work for everybody based off of how you value songs. You know, some people... Right. You know, and we come across this a lot, and I don't know how you value, but I know Lauren and I value things differently, where I will give a five-star to anything unless you've done something to, like, take it away. So, essentially, you start with a five-star, and if you've done nothing to displease me, I guess, then you stick with that five-star, where some people say, this is, you start kind of lower, and you earn stars, and, or, oh. like, you have to be perfect, meaning, like, nothing, like, this was flawless, and so forth to get a five star. So Lauren and I have the exact same experience and we'll go somewhere. She'll give a four, I'll give a five because that's our preference. So that's why this probably wouldn't universally work for everyone because it depends how you score things. So how would you, well, I mean, well, how do I, you score yeah. things? I mean, I think, I think it's, I think it's a combination of, yeah, how both what, what your values for one through five stars are. And then also the methodology by which you give things stars. So like, for example, for me, like from what you just said, like everything starts out of five and degrades basically, you know, depending mm -hmm. on if, you know, for me, everything starts out neutral and either earns or loses based on, you know, from that point. Um, like to me, if I listen to a song and I hear it, I'm like, eh, that's, that's all right. I'm not particularly impressed, but I didn't necessarily dislike it. It gets a three. If it's if it's something that I'm like, yeah, you know, I can see where this song makes sense, but it's not something I'm going to want to listen to very often. That would drop to a two and a one is like, oh, this is awful. I never want to hear this again. That's a one, you know, on the on the flip side, if I'm listening to it, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That song was pretty solid. I, I, I enjoy that song. I think I'd want to hear it more often. That would get a four. And then a five would be. I really love this song. I would like to, you know, hear this in most cases, you know, if this came up on shuffle, it'd be a rare occasion. I would want to, you know, skip it or, or move along. Like that's kind of where my, my rankings would fall. 
And that's kind of my methodology behind it where, you know, everything starts off as the three. And then depending on how I'm, I'm feeling about it, it either gains or loses based on that, which sounds to be like, I think the values of, you know, what constitutes a one or a two or a three or a four, like, you know, stuff I don't want to hear ever that becomes a one stuff. I love to hear all the time is a five like that. I think from previous conversations kind of jives up with what you've got. But yeah. the way that I give things their stars sounds like it differs slightly from what you do. I think it probably, I mean, slightly, because if you even start at a five, you, you get down to a three pretty quickly. If there's some things like, for instance, if it's a country song, like right off the get go that I hear the twang or whatever in the opening note, like you automatically drop some stuff because it's just not my style that I like. Right. 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 You know, so it's really quick to get to that, you know, right to your three. And then once I hear some lyrics and I'm like, Oh, this is garbage down there too, or whatever. So you and I are very similar. Mine, I I had to visualize like, because you will get some tricky songs. It is not, you know, you'll get a song and you're like, I really don't know how to score that. And when you have a, a formula kind of making the difference and you're trying to create accuracy, I've created a visual aspect. If it is a five, it would be considered a song that you would have on a now that's music or whatever album. Right. Meaning it's like one of the best songs probably of the year or of that group. Now, a four would be anything that group would probably have on a greatest hits album. Okay. Okay. So it's a, it's a song that they would say, this is one of our best. A right. three would be a pretty much a filler track or something that you don't hate. Meaning if it is on in the distance, you are not on an actual physical, like, let's say, record player. You would not right. get up to skip that song. You would listen okay. to it for its entirety, meaning it is gotcha. great background music, but is not something that you think that you would recommend or want on a CD. You wouldn't gotcha. make your mixtape with that, right? Right. A two, on the other hand, is the actual opposite, meaning I don't dislike it so much that I'm going to get up and skip this right away meaning i might play it for a minute and then you're like you know what it's not worth i don't want to listen to this anymore and then you get up and then the one is as soon as you hear it you scramble to get up or you know to change it meaning gotcha. it, to me there are very few ones because i feel ones don't make it to albums because there are songs out there that people like if i would create a song right now and sing to you that would be a one song because i'm not an artist and i'm not any good so right when you you know uh, there are very few ones, and most of the ones are noise songs. For instance, this you know, Revolution Number no. Nine is a one right. because it is right. a noise track. I don't right. want to hear it. There are several yeah. other noise tracks that are just like, why did you put this on the album? I mean, there obviously was some reason, but right. you should have not done that because it lowers the integrity. So um, well, that is how I rank. You know, I can, the, I can get behind that. And, and, and that's, that's very similar to what I do. Um, let me ask you this. So let's say you've got something like, uh, let's say the Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction soundtracks, which have a lot of really awesome music in it. But they also have tracks that are like dialogue from the movies. Where do you rank those? Okay, so this is truthfully... These are the, there are at, like I talked about comments or adding categories. There are right. select co- categories that I exclude from the ranking. Okay. So I, through time, I've learned that like, all right, these should not hurt or affect. And, and mind you, I've done this probably for about 50 artists, meaning the, the, 
the discography for about 50 artists, even though right, right. now I'm currently on like, you know, iteration like 13 or something, 14 on my current ranking. Um, so I've gone through and I've tried to find some of these variables of like, all right, well, this is going to skew the numbers. Uh, one of those, number one, the entire Reservoir Dog soundtrack would be excluded from most ranking because I would consider that stage and screen, okay. meaning I'm not really calculating Broadway shows or CDs or anything or soundtracks in general. Right. Now, if an artist is on a soundtrack, then I would allow that to count in their totals, meaning they provided this song. This is a song that they put their name to and somebody plays it. They said, this is this group even though they didn't write it and I'm not worried about that. But in general, that sound stage and screen, most songs are taken out for that. Okay. Um, meaning background. So for instance, Elton John did the background score for a movie called, I believe the muse. I have no okay. clue what it is, but it is part of his official discography and he's giving credit. Now it right. is all background music in which, yes, it is nice that you made the orchestra, but that is not true Elton John, in my opinion. So right. he, that, it's that whole album kind of, that album, except for the one leading track song, that's like the soundtrack, is all kind of disqualified. For okay. Reservoir Dogs, those would be considered dialogue tracks, okay. which I encompass that in the Beatles anthology. You know, uh, there's a lot of dialogue tracks on that record uh, okay. that are attributed to the Beatles, but it's just John or Paul talking. So those are dialogue and they're stripped out. Okay. Um, what is kind of important in the overall ranking, because if you think I take their entire discography, it is not as simple as going through and taking all their songs. There are a lot of albums with alternate versions or duplicate content. Right. For instance, the anthologies have, you know, three or four different versions of Strawberry Fields, different takes. So you right. take what I've done is I take the one that I like the most and allow that to not have any tags or anything. And all the other ones are considered alternate. And I eliminate all alternate takes from the, the score. So Meaning, you flag those so they, they don't, they don't yep. factor into the math. Okay. And Yes. And then what my goal is, I don't need a bunch of – and by the way, just as a disclaimer out there to all the people listening, there is a lot of money spent on acquiring old CDs through eBay, uh, downloading digital stuff. I, I promise you all that um, this uh, task has not been a cheap endeavor, but it must be done. Um, so this, these are all being acquired and put on my computer in the most ethical fashions. Plus I had a lot of this stuff, uh, from previous archives and so forth. But, right. um, needless to say, there are a lot of best of CDs that I choose not to get unless there is something original on there. If I do and upload it, then all the songs that are just, um, on other albums are considered duplicate content and they are all thrown okay. from the mix. And there are a couple so other I guess variable like scenarios. But but the the formula itself, the pivot table and everything I've created will strip all of these formulas. It basically asks a lot of if this occurs, then this doesn't count. If this does this, then it doesn't count. So it's a pretty it's a pretty detailed Excel formula that um, eliminates a lot of these like, all right, this shouldn't really count. Right. Kind of. Songs. Right. Well, and I guess that and that that, you know, you, you kind of alluded to and, and it brings up a good point, because like for me, it's. Well, whatever music it is that I have, you know, whatever I've bought, whatever I've got in my iTunes, I rank, you know, for my purposes. But like you're, again, taking this to sort of the next level to where you're like, oh, no, this isn't just, you know, the, you know, Chicago albums I happen to have on hand. I am I am purposely going out and acquiring every single 
thing Chicago has ever recorded so that I can, you know, rank it up against each other and get a fully, fully flushed out and quantified, you know, ranking for this group as a whole, not just what you currently have on hand. Correct. Yeah. If, I mean, I'm not saying this is a project that I think is a mass, you know, mass market and people are going to be interested in, but for the actual people that enjoy music, I am taking it to a level of, uh, my process is pretty much like this. I took my original 169 artists from 2007. I'm going down the list one through 169. And I took, we'll use the Beatles, for example. I took the Beatles and I said, all right, I'm going to listen from the very start everything they have and acquire that information. So I go over to Wikipedia or, you know, whatever page and I go through and find out what all albums are out there. Essentially, I find the albums that actually have tracks that are not like duplicates or Japan versions or whatever. And then I make, and I uh, find out how I can acquire those at the cheapest rate. Sometimes it is streaming. Sometimes it is uh, downloading. Sometimes it, uh, sometimes it is getting a, you know, finding it on eBay. Sometimes it's Amazon. And, you know, sometimes it takes a couple of days and sometimes I, you know, you waited two or three weeks. And I think for CSNY, one of their 1994 albums, I believe I waited two months for one of their oh, albums to come from China. Um, so uh, because, of course, I wanted to save like three dollars. I'm like, I should have just bought the freaking streaming thing from iTunes. <laughs> um, but needless to say, I find all that information. Then I, I go through and while I start from the first song. And then I start listening and ranking correctly through the years. And while I'm doing that, I download typical, you know, I, I search in podcasts and I try to find interviews or somebody like ourselves talking about certain art, you know, certain albums, you know, or certain songs. And I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, referencing that to try to understand like their history and like influences and just backstory stuff. So that way, when I'm listening to albums, I have a better understanding or, you know, a greater appreciation because I am not a musician or a musician, like I'm not a historian. So I don't know, you know, I'm never going to be able to call out chords or rhythms or anything like that, but I appreciate it, you know, more so than anything. So by listening to those, and then I also on YouTube, I try to find like documentaries or interviews uh, and, and if they're included in movies or videos, then I also watch those. So the Beatles took a long time uh, because there's a lot out there and you know, by the end of it. And the website is essentially me documenting like, all right, these are the podcasts worth listening to. These are the movies that I think you should watch or are relatable. These are the videos on YouTube or Netflix or wherever I found it that I can reference. And then I give you essentially why this group meant something to me, you know, like, you know, you know, a couple paragraphs of like, all right, this is the first time I've heard them. This is why they're influential, influential to me in my life and so forth. And then I go through and give you this formula or the ranking where they finished, why I think that happened. So what I was going to say is, is, you know, you, you put a lot of research into this. Um, I mean, ultimately it's, uh, it's, it's all, it's all good research. And like I said, I enjoy reading what you've written up, but ultimately it is still very much your personal assessment. Like it's all based on, I mean, there's math behind it, but that math is still rooted in how you feel about these songs and how much you like them. Um, oh yeah. And you're not, nece- you're not necessarily doing this, you know, for posterity, for the sake of others. Like you're not taking this like, Oh, I'm a music critic and I'm going to, you know, tell you what you should like. It's, it's still very much a, here's my thoughts. You can take and relieve them, but I've put a lot of thought and time and effort into this and you, you pull out a lot of, you know, interesting information as well. Um, 
that could be useful to others. But it's not like you're saying this is the definitive list of, you know, the top 167 people. If you disagree, you're a fool or anything like that either. No. See, what would happen? Personally, if I had a huge following, I would get I would be assaulted, horribly assaulted for my list and musical takes. Because it is it is mostly nostalgia acts that I remember as a kid that either our father listened to or that I discovered in an influential point in my life. Right. Weird Al being number three on my list besides the Weird Al fans would would honestly have me stoned like you, you couldn't do it. Or, for instance, certain groups being where they are throughout the hierarchy would be like, well, why would you have this and have somebody up here? Like it is 100 percent my opinion. And subjected right. to my opinion and very influenced based off of when I remember listening to this music. But that it, right. at its core is what makes music great for me. Well, that, exactly. And that's what you're doing. Like, like you say, it's not like you're doing this for it's not like you got federal funding to definitively <laughs> call out, you know, no. whatever. This is this is very much your project and you just have a lot of passion and a lot of time and energy you put into it. Um, so from the original, you know, ranking of 160 some. I know you're you're going through a whole lot more exhaustively and and with a lot more purpose, you know, this go around. And you 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 managed to go through what the you're starting from the top and working your way down. You said you're on like what fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, I believe so. I believe how, I'm on like how, fourteen, fifteen. Have things shifted? Um. Ha, yes has and the no. List reordered. Oh, absolutely. It reorders every time, but. What you can, I, I could spot some of the trends early on because let, like I said, I actually started this um, a while ago and then I had a inconvenient uh, memory hard drive uh, collapse where right. I had, luckily the music was saved on my phone so I could easily restore right. it, but all the metadata with it was erased. So I had to start over. Mm. So I went through and I got to probably about 50. I did it probably for about 50 discographies in a calendar year, maybe two. Uh, So I'm not surprised by the current rankings, but some of the groups that you do see fall were groups that stuck around a little longer than they should have. And if you listen to their greatest hits, you're like, yeah, this is an awesome group, whatever. And then as they go, you're like, oh, yeah, maybe um, I only heard this greatest hits album. For instance, right. You know, a group like Boston, who only had maybe four or five albums, really released a really awesome debut. But since then, really just did like mediocre garbage or whatever. So they used to be number four on my list because I really loved, you know, uh, long time. Uh, it's a four. I think it's the forward or foreplay long time. It's a it's a right. wonderful track. Um, oh, yeah. And then more than a feeling and, 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 you know, a lot of good songs that are all on their on their greatest hits but at the time in 2007 that's probably what i heard but when you start right. listening to their entire discography like oh this is all bad beyond this so they dropped and the same with you know csny which i also had to break up into two different groups because csny had a couple albums and then csn had a couple albums so you know and then they had albums in the 90s that took that were so obscure and not very good that it took me you know like i said a couple months to get from china you know at a discounted rate right. so <laughs> you know, so so you will see some of that. It, the top three did not change. And this is uh, it, and it will be very difficult, I think, for anybody to defeat these guys, because the Beatles, number one, if you ask me, then you ask me now and you ask me in time, they're going to be number one. I just don't see how you defeat the Beatles with their right. limited work, but great limited work. They are the most consistent, right. great work, you know, that you can have. 
And then this could essentially be either one of these could be toppled because they still are kind of touring and acting Uh, journey, which is a personal favorite of mine in high school. Cause for some reason I, you know, attracted, you know, very much. Um, They uh, produce really wonderful stuff that I would 100% say is skewed based off of my, you know, my preference. Like, yeah, you're you're side side by side, side by side. They are not going to finish number two on everybody else's list. And the same could be Weird Al, where Weird Al is obviously the first music that I ever listened to and continue to find his stuff just um, amazing. And that is 100% my personality because I am into that. Tenacious D will find themselves really high in my list uh, when we go back through because Tenacious D and Weird Al both produce really, really good songs with just silly messages. And that is, I'm I'm all about that. So yeah, it makes sense. um, So I'm not surprised, but most people would not like that, you know, and then, you know, there are some surprises. You'll get some people jumping up and jumping down. It'll be interesting when I start getting to some of these mid uh, range guys that maybe I only knew one or two songs of. And that's the right. reason, you know, you know, the top, let's say the top 30 are all groups that I liked and listened to multiple things for. But once you start getting the one hit wonders or group people that I probably only heard a couple things because, you know, in 2007, there wasn't really a like iTunes or music or, or so forth was there, but it wasn't as accessible. You know, right. you didn't have a lot of streaming players that are saying, you know, giving you similar artists or s- suggestions. So you don't, dis- it was tougher to discover the, the access, right? Yeah. So, so I think things will shake up tremendously, but at the moment it's still kind of staying pretty relatively regular to what I would expect. Gotcha. So still progress, but Beatles journey, what's, what's the rest top 10 at present? Well, let's, uh, let's, I'll pull up as, uh, as I'm looking here, because I, I could almost spit it out, but I'd like to be as accurate as possible. So the, it's the the Beatles. We have um, we have the Beatles. We have Journey. We have Weird Al, which are probably going to be uh, stuck that way for a while, right? Because their rankings are in a really high percentage. Um, then you you see Simon and Garfunkel, which are truthfully. Um, Really close with Elton John. Okay. Then okay. I have Electric Like Orchestra, which is right there. And the thing with Electric Like Orchestra is that Jeff Lynn is still producing music and could jump because he is right on the tail with these guys. Okay. Uh, then we have Pink Floyd. We have Phil Collins. We have the group Chicago. We have the Moody Blues. And that is my top 10. Now, All right. I could see, I, I could see almost. From electric like orchestra up, probably staying in the top ten. These other okay. ones with their scores, I could see being disrupted based off of um, sampling new groups and new acts, um, not of new artists, so to speak. But for instance, I know you're a big fan of Led Zeppelin, right? Right. Now Led Zeppelin on my old list is probably not at the highest because at the time I probably only listened to you know, a handful of selections. So if I go through and try to find Led Zeppelin on my list, I wouldn't doubt that they're in the, you know, 20, maybe 20, 30, 40 range. Right. But from listening to them not so long ago, before my computer crashed or so forth, they did not really produce a a 
uh, very many bad songs. And they had definitely some awesome five-star songs. So they could easily jump in the top 10 for a time being, which would probably make you very happy, or at least you and I would be more aligned. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, I mean, you know, like I said, everybody's tasted their own taste. Like, I don't understand the journey thing, but I don't have those kinds of um, childhood memories of journey like, that wasn't part of sure. my formative thing. Like, I kind of view them as being very similar to, you know, your version of my Led Zeppelin. You know, I listened to the crap out of Led Zeppelin. I li- like all of it, I, you know, and I liked all of it. And that came in at a, you know, sort of a critical time as a youngster mm-hmm. in my development and so forth. Whereas Journey, I've heard their stuff that's on the radio, like their top, their, you know, their top hits or whatever. Um, and I just figure it's kind of the flip-flop for you, like with Zeppelin. Like, of course, you've heard Stairway to Heaven and Cashmere and whatever. But, you know, I would imagine if you heard more, they're probably going to come up in your ratings very much in the same way that if I were to do a similar exercise as what you're doing and listen to more journey, they'd probably be more prevalent on mine. Maybe doubt, doubtful, but maybe, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, um, yeah, no, I think what will happen. And there was a suggestion by somebody that I've discussed and he is a, uh, he's a, he was a math major. I actually believe he had like a bachelor's in some type of mathematics. So I ran an idea cause I was trying to come up with a decent formula. And he said, one thing that I could possibly do is take my listing and compare it against the industry standard or like an average user rating for right. things. And then that would really give you a better tale of how much do you really like a, an artist? Because the average score for the Beatles, I mean, we're going to be pretty close to the actual, like everybody else, like everybody, there's a lot of people that will list the Beatles as the greatest or their favorite where there there's less that will do that for journey. And there'll less that'll do that for weird Al. And there's less that'll go for even some of these, you know, obscure niche ones. Like for instance, the moody blues, I don't know too many people that would put the moody blues in their top 10 or let alone nowadays be able to name the moody blues. So, so like that is kind of, you know, niche stuff. Uh, that if you comparative look, looked at it and then you said, oh, you're, you're X amount higher than, you know, th- and that could be a scalable thing. I could, didn't find a really good resource to do that. And it seemed like, all right, like I understand that, but I didn't really care so much how right. much different than I am. I'm pretty sure I can tell you that I'm way different and I, you know, have these preferences, you know, based off of conversations I have with people. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, just your top 10 is a pretty eclectic list. And I don't mean that as any sort of bad thing. It's just, it's, 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 it's very eclectic. Like I, I know, I know people that if, you know, I were to, you know, be like, okay, what are your top 10? It would be, you know, 10 bands all in the same basic genre or time frame. you know, like, you know, then there were points in time where that would have been me, but like by this, you know, you're hitting, you know, Prog rock and and you know slow rock and and Weird Al and the Beatles and like you've got a lot going on there, um, which I think is pretty cool. Like uh, it, you know, I haven't I haven't codified mine, but if I were to you know throw out a top ten, you know, these aren't necessarily in any order because I haven't put the time and energy in you have, but it would it would include like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and The Doors, which would make sense, but would also have nine inch nails and uh you know and tori amos and harry connick jr and it's a very eclectic mix because that you know i like a lot of different sort of things and it's it's kind of cool to see all of those you know 
sort of put into the same high ranking sort of group, it sort of shows, you know, some some growth and diversity there as opposed to, you know, I don't know. These these are, you know, the my top 10 is a list of the 10, you know, country western singers of the, you know, early 90s. And that's all I yeah. listen to. You know what I mean? And I got nothing against that. If that's what you're into, that's what you're into. And I don't mean that as judgmentally as it probably sounded. <laughs> but no, well, I, I think, think it's cool diff- that you've got an yeah. eclectic mix and that you own it. You're like, yeah, Weird Al is number three for me, motherfuckers. And you all can just well, deal with it. You know what I mean? Like that's well, that's yeah. And that and to be truthful, that is kind of why I write a few paragraphs or as many as I can. Any references back to that group? If I say, all right, this think of this group, what can I remember from my past about this group or the times that I remember listening to these songs? Cause that really influences a lot. And right. by explaining that some people under, then can look at it and say, Oh, he really ranked this group really high because this is a direct time. He remembers listening in a car with his father, this group. And it was very prevalent. And that is a, a moment in time that, you know, like if I can remember that moment in time when I was five or six, and the song that was playing on the radio, you know, then that means something, you know, because we oh, can't yeah. even remember what we did yesterday or the week before. So, oh, yeah. and, you know, then that's why I kind of describe it. And it's more of a journal exercise for me. And this probably happened similar to when you created your podcast, because as I started listening to a lot of your like Navy stories and stuff, and it was like, this is pretty much Todd's audio journal of, you know, things that he essentially, you know, is documenting his memories or whenever in the future, these memories kind of don't exist anymore because no one's asking questions or so forth. You now have some type of audio journal to say, oh, let's listen back and or your your family or your friends can listen back and be like, oh, these are stories that were never told. And this, the you know, this really is similar to being a journal for, you know, at the end of the day, you'll be able to go through a timeline of my life and see how what I've done different times of my life and music I've listened to. And that is another aspect that at least makes me want to do it or have fun doing it as opposed to just being nerdy and just showing a spreadsheet, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, and I know, you know, I've, I've enjoyed, I haven't, I can't, I can't say that I've read, read everything that you've written. I've, I've read most of it, I think at this point. And it's one of those things that resonates with me because let's face it, when it comes to you and me and music there, there, you, you can draw direct lines from what we're into. A lot of times they go back to dad. And, and you make a lot of references to, you know, I remember listening to this with dad and dad, your dad putting this on. I mean, the Moody Blues, kind of like what you said, like, I don't know how many people would even, you know, what, what what's a Moody Blue? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and, and if, if it weren't for dad, I might very well be one of those people. But I have a very vivid memory from my youth of dad, you know, right after he, he got his first CD player, he had like the, the Moody Blues greatest hits. And yep. him, him putting that on in, in, the, in the, the middle room, in the music room, and having his drums set up, and him putting on the other side of life and playing drums along with it. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time not getting choked up right now because it's such a vivid sure. memory of that. That's it. And there, there's not a time that that song doesn't come on that it doesn't, that it doesn't hit me. You know, not yeah. just from the memory, but, you know, the song itself is the other side of life and, you know, him not being yeah. with us. Like it, like yeah. there, there are connections there that, you know, really resonate. And like I said, from, from what you've written, you know, that kind of, that kind of feeds into that. It, it, it makes it pretty awesome. And, you know, I, I, I enjoy your project, you know, and, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's clearly, you know, a 
personal project, you know, a passion project. You know, I don't, it's, it's not getting any money. You're not doing it for, no. you know, page hits or whatever. But I still think it's it's pretty awesome. And I wanted to wanted to, you know, try and share that with with the, the dozen or so Toddcast listeners. Um, if somebody wanted to 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 check in on your handiwork, how 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 would they they go about checking out what you what you've got together and, and watch that as it progresses? I think there's two two good solid ways. The the first way is you would type in aircursey.com backslash ranked R A N K E D because essentially this is a music project that I could probably make into movies, videos or whatever. And that's future things because I love to rank things in general. But at the right. moment and probably for the next 20 years, I'll probably be going through my discographies. We're acquiring those. Uh, the other thing that I've done, because like I said, this was a sandbox for playing with new stuff. If you type in Eric Hersey and the musical artist, I'm almost the number one spot. Go figure for any of those. <laughs> so if you type in Eric Hersey, the Beatles, that my article about them, which is so comprehensive that it is very, it was, it's a very good organic Google favors. The fact that I write so much content about this group, you know, that, that pretty much all of the artists. Besides things like Air Cursey Boston and Air Cursey Chicago, which is trying to find a Facebook profile of somebody with my name in that location. Um, right. And probably right. now, now Air Cursey America. Um, so, right. I mean, there, there, there'll be some of those, you know, Kansas and so forth. Um, right. But for the most part, that is probably an easy way to, if you're interested in just a certain topic. And the website is bare bones. I'm talking like this is a theme that I installed and said, let's get writing. But I do provide, um, pictures and or links to podcasts uh you know so there it's pretty it, it, it's pretty intense if you're just wanting to learn about an artist but don't give a crap about my opinion of it just go there for the easy access to documentary videos the you know podcast and so forth and you can get your fair share of information from there so that's usually the two oh, easiest yeah. ways cool 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 well thank you eric i i am now at work so i'm gonna let you go but uh, I, I think we've, we've hit most of the high points um, on this. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, at you. some point in the future, we will, we will have to get into uh, some other musical stuff. Uh, particularly, we need to uh, share the joys of you torturing Pandora's algorithm while you oh. work in retail. But I feel like that's a story for another day. Sounds like it. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Eric. Any 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 parting words? Any last shot shout outs you want to do or give before we uh we sign off? No, I um I just I think you guys will all really enjoy my article on Clay Aiken when that comes up in about twenty artists. Okay, all right, <laughs> look forward to that. Cool. Well, thanks, Eric, and thanks everybody for listening. Uh, until next time, I hope y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas that you'd like me to chat about, you can let me know via Twitter at CastTodd or email via ToddCastPodcast at gmail.com. Keep in mind that the Todd portions of those usernames are T-O-D with a single D, even though I spell my actual name with two. If you'd like to leave me a voice message that I can air on the podcast, you can either email me a small audio file or you can use the link in the show notes to leave a message via Anchor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts is appreciated. Again, thank you for listening to the Toddcast.